Hey everyone, my name is Dave Nixon and welcome back to another episode of the Peak and Flow podcast. Today, I am going to be talking about um, the barbell myth. The barbell myth, which is an interesting concept. It's one of the things that I discuss within our introductions here at the gym at Functional Fitness, but also talk about and teach on the gym floor as well. Now this is, I just want to caveat, this is coming from somebody who uh, has owned a fitness business, a gym, literally a bricks and mortar gym for 12 and a half years. And I own 30 barbells um, or something like that. Uh, And that's not including specialty bars. There's another 18 of them uh, minimum. And so what I'm getting at there is that this isn't about completely shit canning barbells and saying, don't touch them. Today, I'm going to talk about how barbells are overused and overvalued for what they are. I'm going to talk about why as well, but a couple of key points around it. Now, if I was to say to you that I uh, we're going to have a look at your squat, or we're going to look at a press, or we're going to look at a deadlift, my guess, same with a row or most other movements, but if I just go and pick one of those, let's say, let's have a look at your squat. For those that have trained in a gym before, what comes to mind? Usually, it's going to be a barbell back squat. That is the main thing people are going to think of. When thinking of a press, usually the person is going to be thinking maybe of a bench press, overhead press, but usually once again with a barbell. And then we look at a deadlift and the same thing applies. Now, here's the thing that if I was to go through and teach you the technical cues of a barbell deadlift, that might teach you based upon my external to you, arbitrary feedback of what a barbell deadlift should look like, that might teach you how to uh, meet the standards, especially visually, um, of what a barbell deadlift should look like. Here's the thing. When you leave the gym, you never touch anything that resembles a barbell. Now, there might be some sort of poles or things like that that you move from time to time. Um, The pattern itself, which is a hinge pattern, you'll absolutely do for sure. But the key thing here is that a barbell, which we bench, squat, dead, press, row, landmine press, we do a whole variety of exercises with, clean, jerk, snatch. It is simply a multi-tool. The industry has made it the king, but it's just a multi-tool. In any other facet of life, if you have a tool that can do multiple things, it's really useful, but it's not always the best thing for the job. Now, The difficulty is that when we look at something like a barbell squat, it's a very recent time through human history that a large majority of the population puts a thin thing, thin thin heavy thing, across the back of their shoulders, sits down, stands up, sits down, stands up. And then even if you attach it to a Smith machine, so you're in a nice sort of strict, rigid framework. Now, I'm not saying, once again, any of this stuff is wrong. I'm saying this is gym culture at its uh, pinnacle because... When you leave the gym, you don't touch any of that stuff, right? Of course, and you don't touch dumbbells and you don't touch all that sort of stuff. But hear me out when I'm saying this because some people love their barbells so much. The difficulty is that a thin, evenly weighted barbell, which we can change by a kilo, right? That's one of the reasons why they're so useful is that we can teach them along a large group, like a large population, and we can always increase it by a kilo or decrease it by a kilo. But we don't ever have anything that sits, you know, half a foot from the ground with a perfectly even grip, with perfectly even weight that we're picking up, putting down, picking up, putting down, picking up, putting down. We don't do that outside of the gym. 
why are we doing it in the gym? Now, once again, I feel like I have to do it again. We barbell deadlift here. We barbell squat here. We do all that. But it is a tool. We're looking at it as a tool for the movement because it's not the exercise that we're training. It's the movement that we're training. But more than that, it's the person developing a deeper kinesthetic awareness and a kinesthetic intelligence. And really what they're doing is learning how to match tension in their body, match tension to task. Because meeting the arbitrary standards of a barbell deadlift in a gym setting based upon a personal trainer's standards of what a barbell deadlift should look like for you does not mean that you now know how to match tension in your body to adequately adequately and safely carry a pop plant upstairs. Yes, I understand the different movements, but picking up a pop plant from the ground is literally a deadlift. And so this is where use, utilizing different tools, of course, we can look at sandbags, dumbbells, kettlebells. We can look at bodyweight movements. We can look at other, you know, there's water bags. There's also the rucksacks. There's all there's heaps of variations of different tools that we can use, just weight plates in general. The key thing though isn't this is the best cues for this exercise. The key thing is teaching or learning, if you're the actual person being taught, how do I create adequate tension in my body to make this movement efficient and how do I know that I'm doing that deliberately so that I can do it across all of the movements and I can then this is now a return on investment I now get a deeper understanding of how to actually move well I can move things outside of here whether I'm moving house or whether I'm playing sport whether I'm in the garden whether I'm doing the groceries whatever it might be right but remember that your one hour in the gym has to help positively impact your 23 hours outside of it And so a big part of that is going, yes, these are the exercises and yes, these are the tools, but at the core of it, a barbell deadlift as an exercise is very different to, and can be very different to the movement of a hinge pattern, right? And so the way that we want to approach that I would highly encourage and recommend is not to meet these arbitrary standards of a barbell deadlift based upon somebody external's feedback. Now that feedback's important. It is still feedback. It is information being fed back to you. But how do I know on the inside, how do I know that I'm moving well? What are the things that tell me that I've got good range of movement, that I'm deliberately creating stability throughout that range of movement? And how do I know that I can repeat that stability throughout that range of movement? What are the things on the inside for me that are are indicating that for me? And this allows a person to build kinesthetic awareness, body intelligence, kinesthetic intelligence, different names to mean the same thing. And this is actually deepened through stages. And so somebody who has continually, deliberately and consciously chosen to move and aiming to move more efficiently would end up going through these stages. I call them gross, subtle, and causal, right? Or safe, strong, and sexy was originally, but gross, subtle, and causal, these stages of just getting a general sensation of what where, like, what does my body feel like? What does a muscle, what do my hamstrings feel like? What do my glutes feel like? What, are, what do my pecs feel like? Are there certain muscles that I can connect with easier? Are there certain muscles that I find it more challenging to connect with? How do I actually know? And this is just from a, like a muscular standpoint, let alone learning to feel when tension is being built into tendons and so forth. But as a gross generalization, how do I know what my body feels like through movement? Right? Then after that becomes this subtle awareness. This subtle awareness of going, mm, my, fuck, my right glute is a bit more jacked up than my left glute, which should be telling you more information. Now, nothing works in isolation. It means that other stuff's going on. 
And so which a way to think of that or conceptualize that is usually the side of the pain is not the cause of it. It's And if we try and fix that, we're dealing with a symptom, not necessarily the problem all over again, right? So understanding and looking at this and we go, if we're able to aim to build subtle awareness, how do I know how to engage each muscle? And this is why bodybuilding has actually done this exceptionally well. Bodybuilding taken to its extreme, which is a sport in itself, starts to really move away from this athleticism where you know for example there's certain muscles like your glute max which is a power muscle and really designed to pick up heavy things sprint run jump um throw all these sorts of things it plays a big role in throwing punches throwing balls all of that right you got glute max which is a power muscle then you've got glute med and glute min this is just an example glute med glute min and those glute med and glute mins are stabilizers. They're mostly designed to stabilize, not to be power muscles. So why would we train them the same? Why would we train them with the same intensity? Why would we train them with the same intent in general? Right? Then on top of that, if you look at most of the movements that you go to do, they're not bilateral, as in they're not always done with two legs on an even surface, flat and, and consistent um, staying on the spot, going up and down, up and down, up and down. Majority of the movements that we may utilize them for are going to be on commonly uneven surfaces, but also are going to be more unilateral or isolateral type exercises, which means more like um, you know pushing a sled, unilateral or, or isolateral in the sense of let's just isolate one leg, so to speak, as well. So there's there's a variation there for how we want to actually start to not just approach different muscles in the body, but also different chain of movements. Because if we're training our sales staff, our power muscle, the same as our admin staff, then <laughs> admin, it's just not going to work. I mean, I don't know how else to explain that. Like the sales people do the sales, admin do the admin, and that's how the system runs exceptionally well. When we try and treat those both exactly the same jobs, it's just not going to work. It's the same can be said for lats, pecs, biceps, triceps, and the whole relationship that your body has in movement, in function. Because there's your ability to do a body scan as you're sitting here now or laying here now. Can I can I go through my body? Can I feel this muscle? Can I be aware of this? And scan all the way through your body. And then there's also how well and how deliberately am I moving in movement, through movement, to make sure that the actual chain of engagement is moving deliberately. So sort of gone on a little bit of a tangent here around barbells, but what I'm getting at here is when we look at moving as movement's sake, very rarely is it dominated by the same movements that barbell exercises allow us to do. Once again, barbells fundamentally have a place for sure, but it is not the king. It is simply a tool. It is a tool. Swapping around with dumbbells, kettlebells, sandbags, like fill up water bottles, like four liter water bottles, use those for different things. There's so many variations. But on top of that, it's also, I've literally written them out here, hinge, squat, pull, push. And with pull, push, right, shoulder pull, shoulder push, it's also pushing and pulling on multiple planes. So horizontal, vertical up, vertical down, so pressing up, pressing down. And that's just to do with your arms. But unilateral, bilateral, isolateral, isotonic, which is basically more like a push-up compared to dynamic or ballistic, which is more like a kettlebell swing or a jump, right? Then gate training or loaded carries, which is like pulling a sled, pushing a sled, carrying sandbags, doing an odd carry, holding a kettlebell in a rack position, but having another kettlebell down low. So your midline is having to stabilize and have anti-rotation while you're going through gate training. All of this, right? Your offsets, your loaders, your gates, your push, your pull, your hinge, your squat is actually now looking at training the human through movement. 
And it's not about going, how do I fit all that into a week? You won't. It's going to be very hard unless it's your full-time job to fit all that into a week. However, over the space of a cycle, you can expose your body to those adaptate to those to those stimuluses to have to adapt to. Adapt. Adapt. <laughs> adapt to. But in doing so, we start to build out really what is, as boring as it sounds, a functional strength routine and therefore get the same result as we deepen our kinesthetic intelligence to be able to function better outside of the gym. So yes, use barbells, but they are not king. They're simply a tool, right? But And they, they, don't get me wrong, getting strong and we can load barbells up significantly easier than just to load a sandbag up, right? Is, is fundamentally powerful, right? If we can if we can build a strong deadlift, build a strong squat, build a strong press, then all those other movements can become easier. But if all we do is squat, press, and dead, then we become rigid in those movement patterns, which is fine if that's your sport. If it's not your sport, it may be worth considering, what are my other options out here? How can I build a deeper kinesthetic awareness? And how can I function better outside of the gym? And on that note, team, I'm done. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to pass it on to a friend. Well, or don't feel free. You're being held hostage. I don't know. Pass it on to a friend. Um, if you want to find out more about our trainings and our retreats, you can see them in the show notes. Otherwise, that's me done. I'm out. Until next time, peace and pizza. I'll see you soon.